Let us pray. As it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. 2 Kings 2.11 Lord, as you place powerful men and women in my life as mentors, I have made the decision that I will not stop pursuing them even when it's convenient to leave and be on my own. I declare that I will not leave or part ways until you tell me to do so, God. When other people in my field try to discourage me and dissuade me from holding fast to the process, I will ignore them because I am not moved by external voices but by internal convictions. Because proximity determines my ability, I will stay close until I receive a double portion of the wisdom and knowledge they possess. I praise you, Lord, because in your goodness, you also give me the opportunity to go above and beyond those who guide me, that I can be blessed to be a blessing to those coming after me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. Chariots of Fire In our last story, we learned about Ahaziah's short reign as king over Israel. He fell from the top of his upper room and injured himself beyond repair. He sought the healing and guidance of the Philistine gods, but was instead met with Elijah's rebuke and God's justice. In this story, we witness Elijah's departure from this earth through the eyes of his student, Elisha. Elisha witnesses the glory and profound power of God as he takes his master up in a chariot of fire. Inspired by the book of Second Kings. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our last time together, we learned about Ahaziah, who, like his father Ahab, looked to help and hope in foreign gods and false deities. His reign and his life was cut short because he did not seek the one true God. Elijah had delivered God's message of judgment to Ahaziah as the king lay helplessly in bed after a great fall. Today, we'll hear how Elijah's time on earth comes to an end. This great man of God, the one who served God so faithfully and forcefully, would be taken up before the eyes of his successor, Elisha. It is an incredible display of God's supernatural power that will profoundly impact Elisha as he takes on the mantle of the prophet of God to be the man of God to God's people. So, let's listen to today's reading. The sun was high in the sky. A few clouds danced around it to the late summer breeze, creating brief moments of shade for the two travelers below. The earth and sky seemed to be in perfect harmony, both dancing and swaying to the wind. On the trail surrounded by lilies coming from Gilgal walked Elijah and Elisha. The old and grizzled prophet had traveled everywhere with his young apprentice. The two of them had experienced many miracles together. Elijah had taught Elisha the ways of God. He spoke of the Lord's truth 
justice, goodness, and mercy. Elisha was able to observe the way Elijah cared for the people of Israel. He gave his entire life to them, ministering and healing when necessary. He had also watched Elijah speak truth to power. He confronted kings and queens despite his fears. Elisha admired his old teacher. He prayed to God he would become just as good a man as he. No, he prayed he would be better. He prayed for faithfulness like his and a strong sense of justice and truth. The two of them strolled along in silence. The grass next to the trail swayed gracefully all throughout the valley. Elijah turned his face towards the sun and breathed in the sweet summer air. He turned to his young student and said, The Lord has told me to go to Bethel. You should remain here. Elisha smiled and shook his head. He had a feeling as to what the Lord was about to do. No, he responded plainly. As the Lord lives, I will not leave your side. So the two of them changed course to the holy ground of Bethel, where Jacob once prayed many years ago. On their way to Bethel, a group of prophets passed them on the road. They had anticipated Elijah's arrival, for the Lord had spoken to them as well. They walked beside the two men in silence. However, one turned to Elisha and whispered, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away today? Elisha looked at the prophet intently and put his hand on his shoulder. He gave a quick smile and said, Yes. He then turned to look at his master walking ahead of him, but he will not speak of it today. The men had arrived at Bethel, and Elijah stayed for a few moments to speak to the Lord. Elisha stood at a distance. He was always curious as to how the Lord spoke to Elijah. Was it how he spoke to him? Was it through whispers or feelings? Did he see an angel before him? These were things Elisha would never know. Elijah turned to Elisha and said, You should stay here, my boy, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. There was a weariness in Elijah's voice. It was almost as if he had run away from his age for years and it was finally gaining on him. Elisha smiled again and said, No, I think I will go with you. As the Lord lives, I shall not leave your side. So the two set off again towards Jericho. When they arrived, Elijah departed again to pray. A group of prophets from the area walked up to Elisha, who was standing at a distance from his master. They brought him in and whispered, Did you know that the Lord is going to take Elijah away today? This time there was a slight heaviness in Elisha's chest as he replied, Of course I know, he said somberly, but do not speak of it. Elisha finished praying and came back to Elisha. It is time for me to go to the Jordan River. You should stay here. It was a silly command, for Elijah knew that his young student would not leave his side. The two of them traveled a short while to the Jordan River. A group of prophets followed them at a distance, curious as to when Elijah would pass away. The two men stopped beside the Jordan. The river flowed heavily. Tumbling rocks could be heard from beneath the waters. Elijah removed his cloak and folded it into a whip. He swung his hips and struck the water with his cloak. Elisha watched as his master's cloak caused the flowing river to split before them. The river divided, and the two of them were able to cross on dry ground. Hundreds of memories flowed in Elisha's head as they crossed. Memories of stories told for generations. 
stories of God splitting the Red Sea for Moses and the Jordan River for Joshua. Was his master as faithful as they were? Did he hold the same favor of God? The two of them walked along the path, and Elijah could sense Elisha's mind racing. He smiled and said, Tell me, my son, what can I do for you before I am taken away? Elisha's eyes lit up. He did his best to withhold his boyish grin. I want a double share of what the Lord has given you. I want to be your successor and see greater things done for God. Elijah was pleased at his request. Elisha did not just want to be as faithful as Elisha. He wanted to be more faithful. He wanted a double portion of God's Spirit upon him. You have asked for a great and difficult thing, Elijah replied frankly. However, if you see how I am taken away, then your request will definitely be granted, for God will show his glory to those he wishes to use. If you do not witness my departure then you will not receive any of his spirit. The two walked and talked for a few moments. Elisha watched his old master walk purposefully forward. Then, suddenly, the clouds opened up like fortified gates. Blinding light emanated from the sky, only it was not light from the sun. Elisha could hear trumpets sounding like thunder, and he watched as a chariot of fire descended violently from the clouds. The chariot was consumed with fire and drawn by horses of flames. Elisha could not see who was riding the chariot, but he could see it descending as if the air was thick enough to ride on. The chariot blew in between the two men, flinging Elisha back onto the ground. He watched as his master was wrapped up in a whirlwind. The bright light swirled around the old prophet in the chariot of fire like a tornado. As the winds blew violently and the light burned brightly, Elisha could see a smile worn on the face of his master Elijah. I can see it, Elisha yelled to his beloved master. Tears filled his eyes as he watched the beauty of God unfolding before him. My father, I can see you. I can see the chariots of Israel. Then, just as quickly as it came, the whirlwind left with Elijah wrapped up in it. All was calm and still. Elisha remained on the floor in awe of what had just happened. Elisha's face was covered in tears and dust. Elisha looked down at his clothes to realize he had torn his shirt in amazement. He stumbled to his feet and walked towards the cloak Elijah had left when taken up. Silently, Elisha picked up the cloak, folded it, and headed down to the river. Had God given him his spirit? Elisha lifted up the cloak, swung his hips, and struck the water as his master did just moments before. Elisha watched as the rivers opened up before him. A content smile slid across his face. A group of prophets saw this from a distance and exclaimed, Elijah's spirit is upon Elisha! So they ran to him and bowed before him. The reverence made Elisha uncomfortable, for he knew it was the Spirit of God. The men were frantic in saying, Do you want us to look for your master? Perhaps the Lord brought him to another place. Elisha shook his head and said no. He knew his master was gone with God. However, the prophets insisted and still looked. For days they searched and found nothing. A few days later, the town of Jericho sent leaders to visit Elisha. They came to him with a dire problem they needed the Lord's aid in. 
Our town is beautiful, but our water is toxic and causing disease, they said. Our crops are poisoned and our children are sickened. Elisha considered their problem carefully and prayed to the Lord for wisdom. He had them bring him a bowl of salt. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water. He bent down and threw the salt into the water. He whispered slightly to the Lord and then turned to the leaders and said, The Lord has purified your water. Neither death or infertility will plague this city. As Elijah was leaving, a group of boys began mocking him. They threw insults and stones his way. Go home, Baldy, they shouted, mocking his bald head. Forty-two boys bombarded Elisha with evil laughter and prideful spitting. Elisha did not speak. He only looked at them intensely. Then, in a terrifying turn of events, two bears ran towards them from the woods. Their growls drowned out the screaming of all forty-two boys. Their claws tore them limb from limb, and they feasted on the mocking teenagers. Elisha walked away from the thrashing and went back to Mount Carmel. As we read God's Word today, we find Elijah and his apprentice, Elijah, walking together on the road from Gilgal. It had been more than six years since the Lord had led Elijah to the young man Elisha, and since that day the two had walked side by side closely together. Elijah knew that God had plans for Elisha, and the job that Elisha was going to take on was no small task. So the seasoned prophet poured his life into his apprentice, mentoring him in how to walk with God, how to listen to God's voice, how to be a man of God. Surely, as they walked along the road, he continued to train him and teach him, especially now as Elijah knew that his time was ending. Because that day was different, it was time for a changing of the guard. Elijah first tells Elisha that God had called him to Bethel. But Elisha knows this day is different also, and he insists he won't leave his master's side. Elisha wanted to make the most of the time he had left with his mentor to learn all that he could and to enjoy his presence while he was still able. I think many of us can relate to this kind of sentiment, the desire to make the most of what time we have with a very special person in our life, whether it is a spouse or a child or a friend. So both men went to Bethel together. The prophets in Bethel asked Elisha if he knew God was going to take Elijah away that day. He said he did, but he did not want to speak of it. God then led Elijah to Jericho. Again, he asked Elisha to stay behind, but Elisha refused to part with his master. So they went together, and once again, the prophets asked Elisha if he knew God was about to take Elijah. He said yes, but to keep quiet. Why did he want them to keep quiet? Not because it was some big secret, as it seemed God had made known to many of the prophets to whom he spoke, but Elisha said this because he didn't want to get caught up in talking about what was going to happen, that he missed what actually did happen. His mind was focused on watching and waiting for what God would do. How often do we get our attention pulled away by concerns or anticipation of things to come, even worry, and we miss what God is doing right in front of us? Always focus on today and maximizing every day of your life. And so when Elijah tells Elisha to stay there, while he goes to the Jordan River, his answer is obvious. No, he will walk with him. 
The events at the Jordan take us back to so many moments when God's glory and power were on display throughout Jewish history, supernatural power. When Elijah strikes the water with his cloak and the river parts, it was a reminder that God is the same God who parted the sea for Moses and the very same river for Joshua. After they crossed on dry land, Elijah asked his apprentice something. We read his question and Elisha's response in 2 Kings 2.9. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. What a wonderful request. Elisha knew that he had impossible tasks in front of him and big shoes to fill. And his question shows his humility and his maturity and his selflessness. He wasn't just asking this for himself, for his own glory or power. He wanted to be fully prepared to be a man of God, to speak God's word, to minister to the people just as Elijah had. So he asked for more, more of God's power, more of God's blessing, a double portion of the Spirit of God. Elijah told him this is a heavy request. He knew what the life of a prophet meant, and it often meant fierce opposition from wicked people. Notice he did not give him a yes or no, because he knew this was not his to grant, but God gives spiritual power. So he told Elisha to watch what was about to happen, and if he could see him being taken up, translated up into heaven, he would know God would grant his request. Elisha then saw an amazing sight. It was spectacular. It was supernatural. Chariots of fire and a whirlwind descending from heaven. Fire, which had marked so much of Elijah's ministry, was now being used to usher him into the presence of the Lord, the one he had faithfully served. This was a rapture. This was a translation into heaven. Elijah did not die a physical death. Elisha saw it all and knew God had granted his request. It was a moment filled with wonder and amazement, but also sorrow and grief, for now the man of God, his mentor, a man who has been like a father to him, is gone. We close the passage with Elisha immediately seeing God's power working in him, first in the parting of the Jordan once again, and then as he brought about healing to Jericho's poisoned waters. Yes, God's hand was on Elisha, and he would do great things in the name of the Lord pointing the Lord's people towards hope and righteousness and faith, and God would bless him abundantly. Dear Lord, the God of Elijah and Elisha, we thank you for this extreme example of faith and perseverance. We thank you for your power to take us to heaven when our time comes. And Lord, that we are trusting in you, not only throughout life, but at the end of our lives. We thank you for Elisha's relationship with Elijah. And we pray that you would give us influence on those around us, our family, our friends, members of our churches, that we would mentor and coach and guide and give spiritual leadership to those around us. Help us to be men and women of God, always seeking your truth and proclaiming your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to download the Pray.com app and always make Bible reading and Bible study a priority in your life, along with prayer. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love. Let someone know, because by sharing this podcast, you can truly make a difference in someone's life. And if you want more resources from me, Jack Graham, as to how you can grow in your Christian life, then go to jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.